Well, what's up, Accelerate Church? Good morning. How's everybody doing today? You doing all right? Good. It's so good to see you all. Well, those, for those who have not yet had the opportunity to meet, my name is Ernest Wren. I serve as the lead pastor here of Accelerate Church, man, and I am just so, so very glad that you decided to spend a portion of your weekend with us. You could have been anywhere, including brunch, eating unhealthy and empty calories, you decided to come here and spend some time in this place, and we're so very, very thankful that you're here. Um, here at ACTV, we have one goal in mind. We want to meet you where you are and help you to get to where Jesus wants you to go. And so one of the ways that we can do that or we can facilitate that is by having you fill out a Connect card. That little Connect card was on your seat when you walked in. We want to encourage you to fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with. We promise that we will not spam you. Amen, somebody. We won't spam you, but we want to get you connected to life and we want to know more about your story, how God has uniquely wired and created you, um, and we believe that that's going to be a good way for us to do it. Amen? So do me a favor, ACTV, why don't you put your hands together for all those who are new this morning. Hey, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I'm really, really excited about is that we get to serve the city of Camden during our Thanksgiving outreach on November 19th. Amen. Listen, we had 43 people sign up in one day. That means that we need seven more people that decide that they want to help us load 1,300 turkeys and a variety of groceries and supplies for our brothers and sisters in Camden City. Um, So we want you to sign up for that. So do us a favor. Go to our website, AccelerateChurch.tv. Go to the bottom of the page. There's upcoming events, and go ahead and sign up for there. We have half-day options, full-day options, any option that works for your schedule. We want to do it that day, but we are looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that community. So, all right? All right, so let's jump in today. I'm going to pray uh, one more time, and then I'm going to jump in. This is Vision Sunday. I'm excited. we got some really good things on the docket that I think are going to be encouraging uh, to us. Father, thank you so much for being the good shepherd for pursuing after us, for chasing after us. God, we really celebrate and thank you today for you are good and you're merciful and you're kind. I pray that you will be with us now, uh, Lord, as we uh, talk about the plans that we have for the new year and what we believe you've put on our hearts. Lord, lead us, use us according to your glorious grace in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, why don't you say amen? Amen. Well, listen, I am so excited because today is Vision Sunday. Uh, Vision Sunday is an opportunity for us to talk about Uh, what we're believing God to do in the new year, in the coming year, 2023. We do it before the holidays uh, because we know once the holidays happen, it's all off the table at that point. Many of us just fall off at that point. So we just want to talk about this uh, because we believe God is doing some immensely amazing things in our congregation. But before we talk about what we expect or what we desire God to do or what we think he's leading us to do, let's do a little recap of who we are and a little bit of the origin story of Accelerate Church. Um, As you know, we started Accelerate Church in September of 2021. It is so hard to believe that it's been a year and some change already. I'm still in shock about that, man. But I want to let you know that the church started long before uh, Sarah and I launched in 2021. It actually started all the way back in 2011. Uh, We helped to start a church in Camden, New Jersey uh, during that time. It was an amazing, it was an amazing, amazing season. We would just show up on the toughest block in Camden and serve food and serve drinks and all type of stuff. Almost got shot before. That wasn't a fun experience. Uh, Y'all like, oh, Jesus. 
oh, Jesus. I mean, we've had a lot of, lot of things go on, but God showed us a lot of things in that season. And then Sarah and I took over the role as the lead uh, during that season. And let me just tell you, the church was, grew exponentially. I don't even have to give God glory for it. I'm going to take the credit for it. I'm not even going to share it with Sarah. We went from 100 people to 50 people. Come on. Come on. The reverse revival. Let me tell you, I was wearing people out. I preached through Colossians for 19 weeks straight. People were like, yo, you can't preach. Are you really going to preach one half of a verse, Pastor? I'm like, yes, because y'all need the Bible, and you need to get it into your soul. Listen, it was, um, it, it was an experience in which we learned a lot, but let me just tell you, I, I didn't envy it. I didn't love it. Uh, and I just want to say thank you for all of those people who kind of stuck with me during that season. Uh, so many of you in the room, I'm so, so very thankful uh, for you because I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, Sarah was much more equipped than I was. Uh, but slowly but surely, we began to see God do some things. We, we built up the kids' ministry. We took the barbed wire off of the parking lot fence. That was a big step in the right direction. And we tripled in attendance in two years. We baptized 43 people. It was an amazing story and testament of what God can do. But sometimes you can be in the midst of a very successful season, but you can feel like God wants you to do something else. Uh, do you remember when the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized? Uh, that he, he was there, Philip baptized him. But before Philip went to Ethiopia, he was in the middle of a revival in Jerusalem. And then God had him leave a revival to start a new work and baptize the Ethiopian eunuch. And then that started a movement of Christianity in sub-Sahara Africa simply because he was faithful to the gospel. And he was faithful to God calling him out of that circumstance into another to see the gospel spread. Well, let me just tell you that the same kind of event happened with us. We were seeing people come to meet Jesus. We were baptizing people spontaneously. It was amazing, but we began to believe that God had something else that was burning in his heart. That, that though we were in the middle of something beautiful, that we wanted to expand our vision. That he wanted us to reach not only Camden City, but the surrounding areas. What would have happened if we would have had an ethnically and economically diverse church? with people from all over the economic and ethnic spectrum that begin to start a movement in a centrally located area like this and flood all of the region with the glory of God. What if what happened in Camden can happen all throughout Accelerate City? So while we were there, while we were there, we were just expecting God to show up in, in mighty and miraculous ways. And I remember we came back from this conference. We were all hype and excited, and we were like, God, are you going to do it? And that's when he dropped this verse into our hearts and minds. And this is the one that we want to talk about today. It's 2 Thessalonians 3.1. You've probably heard me preach about this many times, but I have a different vantage point by the grace of God on it today. It says, in addition, brothers and sisters... Pray for us that the word of the Lord may, be, may spread rapidly and that it may be honored just as it was among you. Somebody say spread rapidly. This verse is not only where we derive our name, Accelerate Church, but it's also, I believe, something that describes the four ways in which we want to grow in 2023. Okay? Are y'all ready? Firstly, we want to grow larger. Somebody say grow larger. I'm going to grow larger. Paul says, he begins this verse with this phrase, in addition. Paul is a, let me just say, he is a theologian extraordinaire. He started churches all throughout the Mediterranean region in the first century. 
He was a scholar. He was brilliant. He was, the, he was a master communicator. But you know what he was also the king of? Run-on sentences. There's nothing that Paul loved more than a run-on sentence. They didn't have Grammarly back then. They didn't have spell check. Uh, the longest sentence Paul ever wrote was 202 words. Let me give you some context because my, all of my, my academicians just put, perked up on that, like 202 words. The average sentence is 10 to 15 words. So that means that Paul was just cramming 10 sentences on together, no punctuation. Don't feel bad that you don't know how to spell check and you write messed up verses on Instagram. Don't feel bad about that. So anytime he says something like, in addition, what he means is that his body of work is going to grow post this statement that he just made. And in the same manner, we want our body or the body of Christ to grow here in, in, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, for the glory of Jesus. Right? Some of you may be wondering, well, Pastor, why are we focusing on growth? Why is that a big thing? Why is that important? Why, why can't we just be happy with who we have and what we have now? In fact, Pastor, I really love it like this. I don't like, that's why I don't come to the 11 a.m. service. Because I don't like, I like having a little bit of extra room. I like to do all those things. Well, at some point we'll add another service. We'll tell you about that soon. But, but here's the thing. The reason that we have the command to grow is because of this. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is real. And the last time I read my Bible, it said that heaven and hell were real. And that means that when we share the gospel, that we should, be, we should see people grow new. We should see people reach for the gospel. Automatically, that's going to cause people to grow numerically. Like, like everybody might be wondering, like, like, why grow? Why not grow? Because healthy things grow. We want to see people reach. We want to see people that are far from God come to meet him. And that's not going to happen unless we put our hands to the plow. I don't know about you, but I want to have our own section in heaven. It don't have to be VIP because all of heaven is VIP. All of it. If, if Jesus is there, we're good. But what we do want to see is people, your cousins, your aunties, your brothers, those who don't know Jesus, who are far away from him. What if they love coming to church on Sunday? What if you didn't have to drag your kid here on Sunday morning? What if you didn't have to convince your spouse or tell your friends? What if they just beat you here because they wanted to be in the building because the environment was conducive for their mental, spiritual, and emotional health? Friends, this is what we want to do. One of the ways that we want to grow this way is through something we're calling digital scaling. Somebody say digital scaling. What that means is, is in this season, we want to improve. It's already really good, praise God. But we want to improve the quality and level of engagement on social media, websites, and all digital forms of evangelism. Guess what? We have a big vision to reach these 6.2 people in, camp, in, in this area we call Accelerate City. But here's the thing. Most of them are online. Most of them are online. Most of the people in here that found out about us, found out about us online. Because when you, found, you got the mailer or you found us on Instagram, the first thing many of us did was went to the website. Or if you didn't go to the website, you went to the YouTube. If you didn't go to the YouTube, you went to our Instagram account. And you said, oh, there's a lot of movement here. So before you step foot into our doors, you step foot onto our digital porch. Now, what if we could create content in such an inspiring way that we build upon the foundation of what we have and we continue to expand and reach people far from Jesus so that they can step foot into the door and so that their life can be changed instantaneously? 
So one thing we want to do is we want to do some digital forms of evangelism. That means if you're a videographer, if you're a graphic designer, if you're a brand strategist, if you're a web developer, come on somebody, if you're a marketer, right, because our team is trying to figure it out, but we would benefit from the gift that God has given you. Because uh, I, built, I built a page last night. I was the, I'm the web designer right now. And so I don't, I don't want you judging me. My web page is words. Amen, somebody. My web page. So when you go to our web, I'm going to show, anyway, let me just go on. I'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, in order for us to expand our reach, and in order for us to reach the people that are far from Jesus, it's going to require that many of the people that have hard skills like that jump aboard, join into our systems and our teams that are already formed, that already have job descriptions or position descriptions so that we can run as a church. Are y'all hearing me today, church? So not only do we want to grow larger, somebody say grow larger, but we also want to grow smaller. Now some of y'all are like, how in the world can you do that? You can do it at the same time. Look what he says here. He says, in addition, that's his body of work is going to grow, the same thing we want to see of our church. But he also says brothers and sisters, right? Brothers and sisters is a word that Paul describes or uses often because he describes the church as the household of faith, right? The household of faith. Now one thing about the household of faith is Paul often employs familial language or family language because he's saying just as a family, which ideally is a healthy functioning family, I know that's all of our families in here, they're healthy, they're functioning, they're not dysfunctional at all, we're close with all of our siblings, right? Like I get that. Like, like a healthy family would have close-knit bonds in the church. And so in the same way, we want to have close-knit bonds in the church, and the way we do that is through something called crews. Somebody say crews. Crews are groups of 5 to 15 people that get together on a weekly or bi-weekly basis to go in the same spiritual direction, right? And crews are like swimming pools, right? Anybody can swim in here. I love it. You know, if you can swim, you know that there's two sides of a pool. There's the deep end, and somebody said, (laughs) I sort of can swim. I know how to paddle a little bit. I know how to float, right? You have a deep end and you have a shallow end, right? Um, Crews or these relationships are much in the same way. We have some shallow ends that we want you to be that you, we want you to come to. We have some mom's coffee. We have some um, some groups like that that meet men at the movies, women's brunch. These things. These are giving you an opportunity to put your foot into the pool of community. But some of y'all are like, well, Pastor, I'm a theologian. I went to a Bible college, right? Well, we also have some deeper pools as well where you can study John Stodd and go over an epistle in Romans and a mirrored or or commentary in Romans. We have a bunch of those things that are launching in January that we want you to be a part of. But how many of you know that a lot of us know, have met Jesus, but we don't know Jesus fully yet? We don't know the depth of him. So in in 2023, we're also going to grow smaller by having classes that teach you the basics of the Christian faith. Right? We're going to have classes or crews that are going to be taught over an 11-week or semester-long period, as well as on the weekend, for some of us that can't make it, uh, that are going to teach you the basics. It's going to be around these three things. And we're narrowing down the list now, but we want to help you do this. Number one, biblical doctrine. We want you to understand why Jesus is God. We want you to understand the Trinity. We want you to understand the virgin birth why he descended into Tartarus for those few days, the resurrection. We want you to understand how Jesus is the hero in every story. We want you to understand your belief system. 
But on top of that, we want you to understand the Bible. So we're going to have a class that teaches you about the story of the Bible. Transmission, translation, transliteration. Why do we have so many different translations, Pastor? Right? So we want to teach you about how we got the Old Testament, how we got the New Testament, the Septuagint, the Latin Vulgate, and a myriad of other things so that when you step into the market space where you are, most of us, where you'll be able to defend the faith. And you'll say, no, 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 this is not a book that's a, a, a figment of imaginations. It's actually been written over a 1,500-year period. It's actually a library, frankly. It's, a four, it's 40 different authors written over this period on multiple different continents. And on fact, and in fact, it was written or finished around 95 A.D., and we have some parchments that lasted are about 125 A.D. So that means that when the book was complete, it was still eyewitnesses that could confirm that the story of the Bible was true. It didn't just happen by somebody that was in a cave that got financed by a rich woman uh, to just write it down. That's not how it happened. It was actually a collection of stories that came together with one central author who is Jesus who inspired it and narrated over time. We want you to be able to go to the barber shop and be able to shut them down. In the beauty salon. When they ask you why you go to church, why you believe in Jesus, isn't he just a figment of the imagination? No, he's not. There are actually third-party resources that point to and attest to the fact that he was a real person that was on earth. Anyway, I can go on that all day. What I'm saying is we want you to understand and know the depths of what you're, of what you're doing and why you're here. So we're going to have that available, okay? So we want to grow larger and we want to grow smaller. Here's another way we want to grow. We want to grow deeper. We want to grow deeper in prayer. Prayer is the primary way in which God communicates to us. Prayer is how we communicate to God. Scripture is how God communicates to us. If you need a word from the Lord, you need to get into your Bible. If you need to talk to the Lord about something, we, need to add, we, we can talk to him in prayer. Now, some of us are like, hey, pastor, well, you know, I pray in the shower. I pray on my way to work. That, that, that's okay. That's a good start. But one thing we learned about Jesus is that he always or constantly retreated. In other words, it's, diff it's difficult to get refreshed by God when you're in the midst of working. Not impossible. But it's difficult. But when you can get some alone time with the Lord, spend some time praying. Like, my wife is a loud, pray-around-the-house person. Father, a father in the name of Jesus clapping person. I'm more of a coy. I have my little prayer journal. And I'm just writing down my prayers. Oh, Jesus, we love you today. I'm just writing them down. Oh, Lord, I love you today, God. You are so good, right? It doesn't matter how you do it. God doesn't give us methodology. He just tells us to do it. And so whatever you do, you want to pray. We want to be a church that's going to help you pray. So that's what we're going to be doing more of in this year. We're going to be praying on Zoom. We're going to be having opp more opportunities in person to pray. Like ideally, we want to have some pre-service intercessors. Some people that get here at 6 in the morning that are saturating the parking lot, that are saturating the stage and saturating this whole area with prayer before people get here. Ideally, we want a prayer team that's praying while the service is going on. That's in the back that's praying and asking God to pour out his spirit and change lives. If we're going to see the power of God run in this area, it's going to require that the people of God pray. The reason he doesn't do certain things is because we're not praying enough. And listen, Zoom on at 6.30 in the morning, it's cool. Like, let's do it all day, all day, right? I've been slipping lately. I had my camera off, but I'm going I'm to be back on there, right? I'm going to get back on there. I yelled at y'all, and then I was like, oh, my God, what time is it? 6.30 in the morning. Oh, man. So I was scrambling to the computer. 
scrambling in the morning. But I'm listening, though. I'm listening. Anyway, I, what I'm saying is, is we want to be a church that's praying. We describe it as the secret sauce of this church. The way we're going to see evangelism and people reach for Jesus through prayer. All right? So we want to pray. Here's the last one. And then I want to show you something that I think is going to be impactful. We want to grow in our generosity. Somebody say generosity. I love this verse. This is what he says. He says that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly. Some versions say speed ahead. Right? What he's saying is that the gospel is like an Olympic sprinter that's running at an amazing clip to see people far from Jesus. Have you ever seen Usain Bolt run in the 100-meter dash? That gun goes off, and the crowd was like, oh, yeah, go, go. I saw him at the Penn Relays one year. I'm not even Jamaican, and I was in there. I just grabbed somebody's Jamaican flag, like, oh. I went for it. People were looking at me like, yo, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? I was like, it's Usain Boy. I went for it. And that's what he imagines that the gospel is. The gospel is running, it's speeding ahead. Like he gets the baton from Jesus and, it just, and he's just running down the field. That's what we want to see. Well, somebody might be asking, well, pastor, tell me, how does the gospel run? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. Three ways. Here's the first one, proclamation. It's when you tell people about Jesus, when you tell people about the message of the gospel, of how God not only provided a solution for your sin, but he heals the brokenness that's inter- internalized in us. That he heals the brokenness. He heals this innate desire of selfishness. He heals our, our, our mouths that we use to harm other people. He's healing us, and then we in turn can heal the world by sharing the message and fighting for justice on both ends because they both can exist together. So one is proclamation. The other is demonstration. Demonstration. Evangelism is when I tell you about Jesus. Serving is when I show you that I really love Jesus. Right? Sometimes people need to hear the gospel, but sometimes they need to see the message. That's why the church should always be on the front line of standing in the gap with social injustice. That's why we should be letting our voices be heard, and we should be advocating for the oppressed. That's why we lend our manpower toward events that are happening in Camden on November 19th, like the Thanksgiving drive that you can sign up for because we want to be on the front lines of putting ourselves in an inconvenient position in order to reach people for Jesus. That's why we serve on the dream team, because we're opening up space for people to create life-giving environments for you to hear Jesus. Some of you should write a thank you note to our, our children's workers right now. Because this is the first time you haven't had a a yelling kid on your lap all weekend. But they're not just being watched back there. They're being infused with the beauty of the gospel so they can grow, so they can be mature. So you have proclamation. You have demonstration. I couldn't come up with a better one, but here it is. Contribution. Right? One of the ways that the gospel runs is through your financial resources. Right? Now, I know when we talk about finances, people can get uncomfortable when you talk about money. Right? I, I know that I have a whole series on it. It's called Elephant in the Room. Go ahead on YouTube. It's got everything that you need in there. But a lot of us get nervous when we talk about money because of our experiences, our family history, our cultural perceptions. Our, our cultural perceptions. But let me just say this out of the gate. Um, I assure you that Accelerate Church is about your life, not your life savings. We want your aorta, your heart, not what's in your account. But we believe this, that God uses the church as a conduit to be a blessing to the community. In other words, you don't give money to a church. You give money through a church. 
If you want to create life-giving environments, you create, you give to the church. If you want to see people in your community reach for the gospel, you give through a church. Like, and somebody might say, well, I give a lot of money to awesome charities now. Like, yeah, that's really great. But what we've seen from the inception of Christianity is that when we pull together our resources, we can make a broader impact. And can I tell you that that's what we've been able to do this year. Because of your generosity, we've been able to give away thousands of book bags at our annual outreach drive. Right? Oh, some, nobody's excited about that. I got some more. Okay. Because of your generosity, last year we collected $15,000 at our end-of-the-year offering. Right? And we gave all of that money away. And because of that, we were able to cover tens of thousands of dollars through RIP medical debt. You collected, we collected the money, and we gave the money to RIP medical debt so that someone could have a great Christmas and know that their medical bills had been covered. It's because of your generosity. Not only that, but we were able to make sure a dance studio was renovated in the city of Camden. We gave away many air duct conditioning systems to Camp Peace in South Camden. And get this, on top of all that, yes, you can give the Lord glory for that. On top of all that, we gave away $25,000 to church planting. Because there's some other churches out there that want to start churches. Some pastors want to start churches, but they're afraid because they don't have the financial resources to do it. But because of your giving, we were able to pull together our resources so that churches could be planted all around this region and all around the United States. Can we give God glory for that? It's because of your generosity. And I want to show you another way that your generosity is making an impact. Why don't you turn your attention to the screens to hear Alicia's story? My name's Alicia, and I found out about Accelerate from my sister, Alexis. Um, I was over at her house one weekend. It was like March 2021, middle of COVID. And I really wasn't feeling church at that point, but I was like, it is what it is. So we got up, we got ready, and we signed on to Zoom. And I was like, oh, this is different. This is cool. Um, and so I was like, this is kind of like what I've been looking for, but I didn't really know how to go about getting to Accelerate because they hadn't launched at this point. But yeah, so I found out from my sister and she was like, I'll let you know when we launch. And so she let me know. It was like September 12th, I think. And we came last fall and I was like, I walked in and I was at that point, I was like, I still don't think I'm going to come here. I think I'm going to just go to church with my friends um, next week. So it was a one week trial, but I came in and as soon as I entered, I knew something was different. I knew that this place felt like home. And that is really what made me stay, um, is that I have found a community here and that is really important to me. I feel like this place really lets you figure out who you are, um, helps you in discovering who, who, what your purpose is and what God really wants for you. Um, and they're really just all about this place. Just like, you don't have to be perfect. It doesn't, like there's no molds, like everyone's welcome. And I like that welcoming feeling like, you can just come as you are. Okay, so the internship happened one day. I was like just talking to Pastor Ern, and I was like, oh, like one day maybe I can do an internship here. And then about two weeks later, I get a call from Rob and he's like, we actually really want to offer you an internship. I was able to help with planning some of our events that we had this summer. Um, I worked with project management and helping with the creative team, which is really cool because you don't always get hand-on experience with stuff like that. It's stuff that takes a long time before you're trusted with something. So to be able to learn project management and work with it with Katrina and Rob and just get the mentorship that I got through this internship has been really, really cool for me. It's really helped me see kind of what I believe is the purpose that God has for me. Um, I feel like you get to a point 
like you turn 18 and everyone's like, well, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And you usually are just like, you clam up and you don't know. Um, but I really think that God has put something in my life to show me that there's a way that I can be creative and help people and make a difference. And it doesn't have to just be hands-on. Sometimes it's the behind the scenes things that people don't always see. And so just being able to see the way that some of our social media can just impact people and reach people um, is really cool to me. Um, and just knowing that even if everyone doesn't see it, like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And I think that that's really cool.